I bagged another bagger. Yeah, <laughs> look at you, bagging the baggers. It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield, Rico Hogan, and John Maracle. Pipes episode 117. The weather's getting nicer. I got a chance to ride a bike that will elude me no more. And we follow up on some new riders, new bikes, and all sorts of happenings in the clubhouse. A rare Saturday recording. Brother Hogan, what's going on, man? What's up, pimpin'? I'm good. I'm really good. You're good. Settled in, ready to rock and roll. Let's do this, Brutus. Yeah, yeah. We have a test ride to talk about. It's been a while. I know, and I'm like really excited about this particular test ride for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what uh, what are you drinking? Man, I doctored up a nice drink this evening. I've got, it's not your father's root beer. Ooh. With uh, two shots, maybe a shot and a half of Woodford. Oh, man. man. I would have thought it would be that good. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Just don't overdo it. Don't overdo it. Try not to. All right. Off to my east. The riding fool has a new spider that probably has a third more power than he had before, or at least a third more cylinders. No, be 50% more, wouldn't it? Johnny John, what's happening? (laughs) Not much, man. It's a little rainy here today. I'm trying to do my math. If you go from two to three, it's 50% more. Is a third more? Uh, third. And it's 15 more horsepower. 15? Well, that old twin was pretty rowdy then. Yeah, the twin had 100 horse. Very the nice. The was 115. Very, very nice. And you have a, looks like you're drinking out of a mayonnaise jar over there. What do you got in there? So I have, it's called a bocce ball. A bocce ball, okay. Yeah. So it's uh, pineapple juice, orange juice, vodka, and amarillo. Wow, look at that thing. As he takes a massive swig. Yeah, I made a double dose for this show. Oh, jeez. Been a rough week, I guess, my man. Mm. Had to deal with your butt the last couple of days. Oh, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, so which, what, what, what do you got tonight? What, what beer, what IPA beer are you drinking tonight? Nah, it's going to be simple for me tonight. OMB Copper. OMB Copper? Yeah, I've got some funky ones in the fridge, but I've got one copper left. I'm going to have to buy more till I'll have to buy more for when Hogan gets here, but I'm drinking the last one right now. Sorry, buddy. All right. New topic. Single time. It has been a while, but I got out the other day to test ride a motorcycle. Before we get too far, I want to give big thanks to Joey, O'Neill, and Chris over at Sport Durst Power Sports, who sent me in Durham, North Carolina, 
United States of America, who set me up with a ride on the Yamaha Star Eluder. Huh? Think about that, Hogan. Wow. I'm a little jealous right now. I bagged another bagger. Yeah, look at you, bagging the baggers. <laughs> bagging the baggers. <laughs> Bagger season is open, and I went hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so. Go ahead. No, so, uh, okay, what color was it first off? It was blue. It was like uh, like a medium blue, kind of electric, if you will. Electric blue. Now, is that like a line that's kind of, I don't know, is it shiny or like a matte blue? No, it's glossy paint. Yeah. It's a glossy paint, yeah. So was it all blacked out as far as the exhaust and the headers and all that crap? It was, and that's that's the interesting thing. So the bike has a fair amount of chrome bits on it in other places, like in the front fairing, around the headlights, and on the sides where um, sort of the side scoops or air inlets are. They have front bezels in the front, or front bezels in the front, yeah. Let me try that again. They have chrome bezels in the front. <laughs> so from the front, you're looking at all this chrome, but then the forks are blacked out and then the wheel is blacked out. So John and I had a little bit of a disagreement, but I was thinking the front wheel should be chromed or at least aluminum. Cause it, Ooh. it almost looked, it looked out of place because I, I get it. You know, the engine, the pipes, you know, and the wheels, everything's all blacked out, but then you have these front facing chrome bezels. And to me, it didn't, that didn't work. And and if you're on the Yamaha website, if you go to the star eluder, you'll see that's pretty much the blue color that I rode. Uh-huh. Well, that's where I'm at. Yeah. I don't know. I think the, uh, that's tough. I don't know if I would like it with the chrome wheels, to tell you the truth, because the seat's black. You know, you got all these, the, the mirrors are black. So I, I get why they did it. Maybe not a, with the black wheels. Maybe not a chrome wheel. I'm thinking maybe just an aluminum wheel. Doesn't have to be all that shiny. I know, but when you look at okay, so if you're looking at from the back, which I am right now, and it's still butt ugly from the back, I still don't like it from the back. It's like an old car <laughs> from the fifties. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. That's you know, unless I own the bike and I keep looking at it every day, it may grow on me, but you know, being somebody just Looking at this thing, yeah, it's not that pleasing. I think it looks better in the black because I guess the chrome pieces around the window, uh, uh, around the reflectors in the back of the headlights, the tail lights in the back mm-hmm. are all blacked out. I guess it kind of hides that ugliness, but they didn't need to go with three tail lights across the back. Maybe the one in the center would have been enough. Well, I will say in person, and, and this is another contrast I don't really get. The back does look better in person, but again, now you have chrome bezels around the lights and then the pipes are blacked out. So yeah. to me, those all those chrome bezels should be black. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, then it would tie together. You know, all those chrome pieces. Yeah. Just make them black. Yep. And they did it on the venture. So the the eluder is essentially the venture with a chopped down windshield and no top case. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the Venture, there's no chrome on those bezels. And also, if you get this bike in black, there's no chrome at all 
which I like the black. But so that, yeah, that looks good. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna murder out a bike, go all the way, right? But the blue one with those chrome bits, mm. it was a contrast I wasn't feeling style wise. Yeah. yeah, but the overall style of the bike, I like it. It's it's a good looking piece, but. Just those chrome bits got to go, or you need to give me a polished wheel or something. I mean, or a contrast cut wheel. Maybe it would be the, the medium. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yep. Yeah. And I think, John, you, you got to look at the backside of it for quite a while. <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> I mean, I, th- I thought it looked fine, and you looked really well on the bike. Yeah, he said I looked super comfortable, which I was. Really? Yep. So I will say, if you have a question, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you know, you're not a big fan of floorboard boards. So, uh, what's the gist? No, not a fan of floorboards and I'm still not, <laughs> but these, I will say these were more comfortable than street glide and okay. they, they felt a lot more, the bike felt, felt a lot more like a victory than a Harley, except that, you know, it's kind of road glide esque with its fairing, you know, fixed mounted fairing that doesn't move. Uh-huh. And so your bars are moving within the fairing instead of the fairing moving with the bars. So that's kind of the, the contrast. But yeah, I had more room in the floorboard so I could move my feet forward and back more than I felt I could on a Harley. And for whatever reason, either the floorboards were lower or the seat was higher, but my knees and hips were not as bound up as I find myself on a street glide or even right. the, the Ultra. And I noticed it, it doesn't have like a crotch killer seat in the front, you know, in the front of the seat, it's not like a crotch killer. So, you know, your junk can get some air and it feels like you're not up against something. Yeah. Yeah. It looks nice. Yeah. So but it has a heated seat and it works very well. Nice. Very well. You said <laughs> very well, <laughs> a little too well. It was in the low fifties. Uh, so we'll set up the test ride. It was about noontime and it was, in the low 50s, but very sunny. So the sun was doing a, a great job of, of warming you up anyway. But it was a little cool if you got in the shade. So, And while we were sitting there waiting to get going, we were on the shady side of the building. Mm-hmm. So I put the seat heater on level one, and it was three levels. And I think after, I don't know, John, what was it? It wasn't even five miles. I was like, yeah, this seat heater's got to go. <laughs> I've had enough. Wow, you were that warm already. Yeah. That's good. Once we hit the sun, there was there was no need for that heater. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So, uh, so the airflow around that front fairing and those side fairings, uh, it was enough for you. I know you like to have the wind all up in you. So, let's talk about that. Yeah, there was more, I guess, more protection there than I than I thought. You know, it's not your traditional lower fairing. It's just more like a wider center fairing. At least, kind of the way it looks like from behind the seat. But there was quite a bit of quite a bit of wind protection there. I felt I still got a good amount of airflow. A little too much on the highway. We'll talk about it in a minute. But there was more wind protection there than I thought there was going to be. So I know you don't like to be pushed around on the highway as far as the wind's concerned. I know we're going to talk about that soon. So I'm interested to hear that part of it as far as how the bike handled on the highway with all the wind jarring you around. Were you nervous? How'd you feel? Was it comfortable? Yeah, none of that. Sure? None of that. It was really planted. And so, so we'll talk about the wind. So we did, we kind of went through a neighborhood, took a side road. Then we had to take a little detour because of a light that came on. But we'll come back to that. 
And then, <laughs> what? We, th- then we hit a small highway piece where it was smooth. We had the wind to our back. And then when we turned around, we had a pretty strong headwind. So then, you know, I could feel a lot more pushing on the bike. Then the turbulence came in and the wind over the top of the, the little short windshield there was very noisy. It didn't really beat up my head that much, but it was really noisy. Kind of like when I rode the FJ09. And you could hear this air that was angry just outside your helmet, but it wasn't really moving your helmet around. Uh-huh. So there was a lot of that. And no, it felt very planted. I, it didn't push on the bars. You know, the feeling I don't like with your bike when the wind hits that front fairing. It, there was none of that because you know, this one's a fixed fairing. It's more like a road glide. Right. Yep, yep. So that was good. I, I can't wait to ride the Venture, to be honest. Because it has an adjustable windshield, taller and adjustable windshield. So I'm what? I'm curious to see what that's like at highway speed. This doesn't come with an adjustable windshield? No, this one just has a short windshield and it and it doesn't move. What? Wah, wah. Wah, wah. And it's it's weird because when you look at the bracketry down in the windshield, you see these thin little brackets and you see the slots for the adjuster. Uh-huh. And you're going, come on. It's like you just got to put the part in there, fellas. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if you can add that. I have a question. Yeah. Yeah. Does a street glide, street glide windshield move? No. Okay. So there we go. Hmm. But the street glide is not the only bike in the class. So if you go, well, if you go to Indian, the Chieftain does. Yep. Gold Wings do. Okay. BMW well, does. That not, not everybody bike windshield moves to this class. That's true. That is true. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because the windshield doesn't move. Right, right. Well, I'm I'm only giving them a hard time because when you look at the way it's built, I can't see any savings for not making this one a powered windshield. That just seems like a cost cutting measure for no reason. Especially because it's in the venture and it's the same, pretty much the same bike. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So, hmm. When the side it handled good in the wind, the buffering. Really, you, as far as your head bobbing around in the wind, you really didn't have that, just the angry noise outside your helmet. Yeah, I'd like to see a little taller windshield on it, or just give me the power option. Let me raise it up even a couple inches on the highway. It'd be enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How are the mirrors? I mean, were you able to see behind you pretty good? <laughs> Once I adjusted them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we get all settled in. You know, I've got the controls. Got the seat heater on, you know, the important stuff. Got my phone paired up to it and then pull out on the road. And I look behind me and the left mirror is just pointing up in the sky. Mm-hmm. It's like, huh, that's not going to work too well. Mm-hmm. And then the way that, you know, because of the fixed fairing, the mirrors are forward up on the right side of the fairing. So it was quite a reach up to them uh, to, to get them adjusted. And I'll, I'll share the video with you, which will be on YouTube eventually when I get to it. Uh, John and I riding, and two of us were talking during the ride. So you'll see me adjusting the the mirror. It was quite a reach on that, but they were good. Yeah, good visibility, good size. They weren't they weren't too big, but they weren't too small. And Goldilocks mirrors, if you will. Cool. All right. Before we get to the good stuff, what about the uh, the the side saddlebags and everything? How was that storage compartments on this bike? Do you find them substantial? That that can do do the job on those long trips, so you don't have to put all your stuff in John's bike. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think on a long trip you're going to want that top case. 
they they seem like pretty good sized bags. I didn't measure them or anything. Uh, you're not doesn't look like you're going to get a helmet like a full size helmet into them, and they're not they're not as deep as like Harley's and uh, Indians bags are. So they may be a little bit wider, but they're not as deep. Okay, from what I could tell. And like I said, I need to measure them. I need to go check out the specs, but just at a glance and kind of looking looking around in them, they didn't appear as deep to me. Okay. Any kind of connect connectors for like uh, electronics, maybe the charging ports or anything in those side, side bags, saddle bags? Well, those are in the front. So up on the dash, and if you're looking at the the photos I put in the share, you'll see right under the speakers on both left and right, there's a small little compartment. So the one on the right has both an auxiliary and a USB connection. Okay. So if you look at the one on the right, you'll see the door flipped up and then you'll see two plugs in there. Right. So one of those is, uh, you know, like a standard audio plug and the other one is a USB. Cool. Yeah. But you don't, you don't need that for connectivity. You can also, uh, you know, you can Bluetooth your phone to it for audio and things like that. All right. Yeah. And which the left I, side. Yeah. And, and then it's just a compartment on the left side of the, of the same size. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see they have like lower fair, uh, lower uh, compartments on the fairings there. Correct on the left side. The right one seems to be an access panel into some some part of the bike on that side, but the left one is a small compartment door that opens. That's actually quite deep. I mean, I I stuck my arm in there, and it went past my wristwatch, sticking my hand into that that lower compartment. So yeah, the lower left. So lower left in the fairing, there's a compartment. And I think it said the weight limit was like one or two pounds. <laughs> the little oh, sticker. What? And there's a 12-volt outlet right next to that door on the lower left. And then up on the top of the fairing, there's two doors that open from the top right below the speakers. Yeah, so there's a lot of storage there in the front. Just little stuff that you can have right at your fingertips. You know, like your phone and keys and cables and stuff like that. Snacks. Right. So any any way to like charge your GoPro or anything on this thing? I guess you could off the USB. I don't know how much power comes out of it, but I'm assuming, you know, kind of like standard computer power comes out of that USB. Right, right. Cool. But there's a couple of 12-volt, like I said, there's the 12-volt plug on the lower left, and there's also, I believe, one in the back. I think there was another one up on the dash. I'm flipping through the photos trying to see it now. Uh, let's see. The bags are key, you know, key on a keyless entry. There's a remote lock for those. Nice. Now, did they? Which way did they open up? Out towards you, or you had to flip it up? Yeah, correct, out towards you. Okay. So they kind of flip up and out. Okay. And they stay mounted to the bike, so they're not like the, the suitcase ones, like John just okay. got. Okay. And let's see. I'm just. I don't see it in the pictures. I don't see the other plug that I'm looking for. Nice. I don't see it. Sorry, buddy. No, no pores. You know, so um, let me think here. What about the uh, infotainment system? How was that dealing with? Did you have the map up? Was it, were you able to see it in like strong daylight? What, what was up with that? Yeah, so the screen on the front was, was nice. It was very bright. So like I said, it was a, it was a very sunny day out. So I was able to see Everything on the screen can read the text very clearly, you know, no problems with that. Uh, large buttons. So it's, it's a little bit of a reach to, 
to get to the screen because, it, like I said, how, how the fairing is, it's a fixed fairing and, and forward of the bars. So it, to me, I felt like it was quite a reach to get to the screen, which you probably shouldn't be doing going down the road anyway, but <laughs> just keep that in mind. It's, it's quite a, you know, your arm's going to be fully extended, at least mine was, to get to the screen. But yeah, large, large targets. It worked well. It was responsive. You have redundant controls on the bars, which I didn't really fiddle with that much. Uh, but yeah, the screen was very nice. I thought that part was well done. Huh. And and I'm looking at the picture of you actually sitting on it, <laughs> and that windshield looks pretty low, like short. almost yes, yeah, really short. And it looks like you hit wind all in your chest, really. You know, with you and you, how tall are you again? About five eleven or so. Five eleven. So yeah. yeah, the wind. The wind for me probably hit my forehead. That's what it felt like. Maybe a little bit lower. Maybe like eye level or forehead. Okay. Because if I opened the visor, it was a lot of wind in the mic. But it, you know, it just didn't sit. Like I said, it didn't move the head around a lot. Huh. Noisy, turbulent air, but it didn't seem to be moving the head that much. Cool. And the instrument cluster, so the tack and everything, were you able to read that pretty easily, or did you have to squint to really focus in on the on the instruments or the digit uh, the the numbers? No, those were nice. You know, two simple gauges. You know, big numbers on them, especially the tack just had you know, six big numbers because it doesn't rev very high. And uh, there's the only part I didn't like in terms of reading is there's a small LCD on the left side. So the speedometer is on the left, the tack is on the right, fuel gauge is on the right in the same bezel as the tack. Then on the left one where the speedometer is, there's a small LED screen that'll give you, you know, like your gear and, and various other things, time, it's kind of your your redundant trip meter and things like that. Okay. That one I thought was a little small to read, but you know, it's it, it wasn't that it wasn't like critical data, but the only one I was hunting for was the gear indicator. Mhm. Cuz a couple of times I just you know, not used to the bike, not used to the sound, I grabbed one gear lower than I probably needed. Right. Just cuz I couldn't I couldn't really tell. But that was my only gripe with the screen. The, the center screen is beautiful, the two gauges are very easy to read. Just that one small LED, you know, that one wasn't wasn't so easy to read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of buttons, a lot of buttons on this thing. So you're talking about on the on the handlebars? On the handlebars, yeah. Well, it's mainly just the 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 multi controller for the screen, like the redundant controls for the screen. Those are the ones you're talking about. Yeah. On both sides, really. I mean, there's, oh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> and you got the the five for the, I guess, for the up and down, left and right. Yeah. In the center. Yeah. So, kind of your five-way screen. Yeah. Yeah. So was your thumb able to reach that pretty easily? Or did you have to, like, stop, look down and press the button? Were you able to move that around pretty pretty good? Yeah, that wasn't bad. You had to just bring your thumb over and move your move yourself around on the screen it wasn't bad at all uh-huh uh-huh yeah no trouble with the controls uh-huh short Ooh. ride keep in mind but for <laughs> for what i use them for you know they i had no trouble oh, okay okay did you were you able to t- t- test out the sound the speakers the two speakers just a little bit i'm not not much of a music person on the bike as you know so i just played it a little bit while we were sitting there 
Uh-huh. Sounded fine. Had my helmet on, so, I mean, how good can it be, right? Right, exactly. With a full face helmet. Exactly. <laughs> and that's just a personal preference. Some people love their music on the bike, you know, coming out of the, the front fairing. Um, it's just not for me, so I didn't really play with it. Mm-hmm. I know you probably didn't feel this because it was so warm out. I know it has like two vents underneath the mm -hmm. compartments for the doors to let more air in at the lowers around your ankles and knees, that area there. Did you play around with that and feel any difference? I should have. I didn't. I left them closed the whole time. Okay. All right. But yeah, when we came back, John and I were opening them and I was surprised to see how, how massive the opening was. You know, you could, you could put your fist in there. Uh-huh cool yeah i know like when it rains you know i like to close up all that stuff so you don't get pelted with rain and get your knees and socks all wet so i'm just wondering they were not watertight okay and in fact they were not completely sealed either oh okay it's more it's more akin to it's kind of like a damper like it's not gonna it wasn't like a door that would completely seal it off it just kind of like a throttle body that would close well, actually, that's not a good description either because that would close completely. You can see in the picture, and I'll put all these in the show notes, but when you close it, you can still see daylight all the way around the flat. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're still going to get water through there. Okay. Even when it's closed. Wow. All right. All right. And I see that little 12-volt input there on the side right outside the door there so mm -hmm. yeah that's that's cool um so let's talk about the ride i mean ah, for, good stuff good stuff yeah yeah the braking the transmission the engine let's talk about that so walk us through that You're making everybody wait for the good stuff yeah <laughs> it's a big good time to insert a commercial right mm -hmm. <laughs> well let, let's give them some specs first so we're talking about 1846 cc's Yes, do I have that right, John? 1846. 1854, my bad. 1854. 1854 air-cooled V-twin. Now, it does have a oil cooler. We found that in the front um, behind the forks or behind the fairing there. So we found the little oil cooler on it. And it's a ride-by-wire throttle. It's got trash control and some selectable ride modes. And it also has a six-speed transmission, and it has your ABS brakes as well. Nice. So that's kind of the layout. Um, dual rotors up front, multi-piston calibers on either side. I didn't notice the rear ones, but plenty of braking in the front. Smooth braking, I might add. Cool. And a pretty smooth motor, I must say, overall. Just kind of smooth, torquey power, and away you go. No fuss. No rumble, no shake. Just off you go. Enough power for you? Plenty powerful. And I, I got to say, I got to give Yamaha kudos on the, the ride-by-wire on this bike. Very smooth. Very progressive. I mean, there was no, no hiccups in the throttle control on this at all. Nice. That I could tell. You know, some bikes, especially in recent years, I know Yamaha had trouble with the, the FZ when it first came out. Kind of abrupt and jerky throttle, but... This one was nice, very linear and very smooth. Mm. Now, how about the the weight? Did it did it feel heavy? I know this bike weighs about eight hundred and seventy something pounds, maybe eight seventy five, I think, <laughs> for that bike. So, how did it feel as far as the weight? 
very similar to other bikes in the class. You know, in parking lot maneuvers, you can feel the weight when you need to to back it up or move it around. Uh, this one doesn't have the reverse. That's in the uh, the venture only. Oh, wah, wah. So it, it wasn't unmanageable, but, you know, trying to back it up in the parking lot, you, know, you can feel the weight. But once it's underway, once you're under power, you know, the weight, the weight disappears. What about, uh, um, like, if you were to stand up, I mean, how, how, I guess what I'm trying to, uh, like, if you were to stand up on it, I mean, how far away was the seat from you when, if you were to stand up to stretch your legs or something at a stoplight? Were you able to do any of that? Probably not. You just kind of sit there. and Yeah, that would be fine at a stoplight. It, you know, it's not that high off the ground. You know, it's not a very high seat height. I don't know that I could stand up on this bike under motion, though. The uh-huh. floorboards are a little too far forward. Okay. I mean, you probably could pull it off, but I don't know that I could do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I know that this thing has like a 6.6 gallon tank and it gets about 34 miles to the gallon. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's pretty good, I guess, you know. Yeah. And I know this has the new assist and slipper clutch on it, which, which felt very nice. It's a, it's a hydraulic hydraulically actuated clutch which i don't usually like those usually for me usually those clutches are all the way out like you end up having to release the lever almost to the end before it grabs and i felt this one to be more progressive and and much more to my liking than than other hydraulic clutches i've ridden recently oh cool but yeah well well done on the clutch i would say Mm-hmm. And the hydraulics are on, not the hydraulics, but the ABS is on both front and rear brakes. So that's nice. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, let me talk about the power plant. So the, the 800 pound gorilla in the room is the rev limiter. We talked about it. Uh, was it Happy Jack who we had on when he wrote it? Is that right, John? Correct. So, you know, he talked about hitting the rev limiter and the rev red line on this thing's only 4,700 or something like that. And I didn't, I didn't think about it much until I hit the rev limiter. And I was telling John on the, the headsets, I was like, that was an unpleasant experience. Oh. Because it was a pretty aggressive cutout of the engine. So we had just done pretty much a circle. We had went around a traffic circle, but we came out the same way we went in. Mm-hmm. So we went in, made a big circle, and came out the other end. And then we went uphill back towards the highway. And I just got on it in first or second gear, probably first gear. And it revved up nicely, sounded good. The thing was pulling like a freight train. And then just as I felt like the engine was coming into its zone, then it was like, bounced off the chip. And that was, I was telling John, yeah, that was not a good feeling. That was very really? upsetting to to hit that thing. Because I was, I was really on it at that point. And I just wanted more. Right. <laughs> I wanted more revs and there was nothing there. Uh, cause you think, Yam, you know, Yamaha, I mean, all their bikes for me, at least you can just choke the hell out of it. And, you know, but to have that just kind of shut off like a Ducati would yeah. just kind of suck. I hope, I ho- really hope they fix that and give this bike about another 1500 RPM and it's going to blow the doors off of everybody, but choking it off like that, then you got to shift it to 4,500 and you got to pay attention to it. Otherwise you're going to bounce it off the chip again. Yeah. So you think it's somewhere around 55 should be the sweet spot for that bike, huh? I think it needs to spin to six. It it feels like it could spin a lot harder than it was. Wow. Yeah. Mm. 
It's a, it's a nice power plant. I, I thought the engine was, was smooth and very torquey. And it was just kind of disappointing to run out of breath at that point. Right. You know, ele- wonder- electronically. Right, right, right. But if you shift it at 4,500, you keep that in mind. You just shift it at 4,500. It's, it's very easy to ride. has plenty of power. You're not really wanting more power. You just feel like, uh, it's like, uh, it just should have a, a little more. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, why, why are you restricting me like that? Let it run. You know, let these horses gallop. Mm-hmm. Any issues with it dipping too hard or anything like that? Like a soft load in front? coming to like short abrupt stops not that i noticed i didn't i didn't break it too hard anyway this is a this was actually this was also a brand new bike by the way ah okay <laughs> yeah so we did we didn't ride it very hard and it, it might have had 100 miles on it i don't know if you remember john but it wasn't many it's it is a demo bike it's their demo bike but it was very young in the miles okay but other than that and that <clears throat> i guess that you'd get used to that the rev limit you know, we've talked about it. We know Harley's is not much higher than that. I don't think Indian's much higher than that either, but it just it just felt a little premature to just smack it at 47. It seems like maybe they could do that with throttle instead of ignition. Uh-huh. You know, just at 4,700, just start peeling back on the throttle and just ease your way up to about five and then cut it off. But... Yeah, to just crack the ignition at 4,700, that's, that was a little too abrupt for my taste. Interesting. Interesting. I had a question and I forgot. Oh, heat coming off the engine. Anything? I noticed some. We were on a side road. We had gone through a couple of red lights, and I did start to feel some heat off the side of it. And even though it was only in the low 50s, you know, that kind of made me wonder what the summer would feel like. Right. Uh, but that was the only one. And of course, once you're underway, you know, there was, there was none to be found. Yeah. But just if you're going to end up riding through the streets and stuff, then you might feel some heat. Okay. And kickstand. How easy was that to find when you was looking for that? Was it, you have to look down at all or were you able to? It was a little weird. It was kind of, it's kind of behind where you think it would be. It wasn't, it wasn't all that natural to, to reach down and, and kick it. Which something you'd probably get used to, but right, I had to kind of hunt for it. Okay, and shifting was pretty smooth then. Smooth, smooth tranny for sure. Mm-hmm. I like the clutch. I'll reiterate, I did like the clutch. So I, w- I was very at home on this bike, Rico. It was after a couple minutes, I was feeling like I'd been r- been riding it for a while. It was very easy to get used to riding it. Nice. So, next question. Would you own this bike? Taking my question, huh, Rico? Hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, would I? All right. So it, my personal situation is probably not, but that's because I'm not in a position to buy anything. But that doesn't mean that, that I wouldn't. And I think the comment I was telling John and, and the guys at the dealership is, you know, if you're looking at a, a street glide or a chieftain or, you know, bikes like that, then you need to be riding this. You need to at least go out and ride it and see if it's something you want to compare because it's very well done. I enjoyed the heck out of the ride. But price-wise, what are we talking? 20, it's 22. So this Impact Blue is 22,499. So that's Street Glide Special Territory. 
that raven color which is going to come later is uh same price and they have a liquid silver as well so i don't know i'd have to ride it again i want to ride the venture to be honest because i want to i want to see what that adjustable windshield does for you the extra weight of the tour pack it has the reverse and things like that not that i really care about that but it does it does have some other features right so you know with a bike that heavy the reverse would be kind of handy i can see where it would be nice certainly yeah because mm-hmm. i've i've found my, myself in certain situations like if i'm parking on gravel and having to back or pull that bike out of the gravel spot yeah that's you know, tough trying to slip it's it's tough it's it really is cumbersome trying to hold that weight and and pull it backwards is and slipping at the same time it's a little you know challenging for lack of a better word but uh to have reverse i can see why a lot of guys kind of want that on a heavy bike like that i think to to fully answer your question before i put this in my garage they would have to either a give me more revs or b give me a softer limiter uh-huh wow is that abrupt huh it was just upsetting to me i didn't i didn't know what to expect but it was just kind of like Okay, that's something I don't need to have happen again on this bike. Wow. <laughs> really? That's yeah. serious though. It I just mean, wow. it just seems unnecessary. I mean, there are there are other ways to slow the revs down without just you know, firing the cylinder every other time. Mhm. So how how did it sound to you? You know, I know it had stock pipes, but how did it sound overall? It was pretty good. It had its best sound. What was I saying, John? Around three grand, twenty five hundred, three grand. I had a real pleasant hum cruising along at about three thousand. Mm-hmm. Wasn't very loud for for stock, but it was a good. It was a good sound. Uh-huh. Did you hear any like uh, like uh, um, clanking or anything like that? Like, a, was it a noisy engine? No, no whining or ticking or right. any other oddities coming from the engine. It was just it was just very smooth. And you'll have to see the video. I apologize I didn't get that to you before the show. Ah, no worries. <laughs> it was just yesterday. Yeah, right? And you always do a good job of picking my brain anyway, so. It I'm makes trying. me think of those little things I'm not thinking of. Yeah, right. I'm trying, I'm trying. Um, let's see. We had an issue with, I think it was the key fob. So shortly after we got going, there was some light that started flashing on the dash. Yeah, my next question, what was that? I th- we think it had something to do with the key fob, either the transmitter or something, something it didn't like about the key. So kind of like yours where you can start the bike and ride away without the key, but you can't restart it again. Right. So I don't know what it didn't like about the key, but after we got underway, it just started flashing a little, a little key symbol that had three lines over it as if uh-huh. to indicate you know, some sort of wireless activity. Mm-hmm. And it, we stopped and shut the bike off, tried to figure it out, and it went away, and then it just came back on again anyway. So I don't know what it was, but they were going to look at the key huh. when I got back. Yeah, yeah. So where'd you have it in your in your pants pocket or your jacket, or was it on the bike? It was in a little compartment on the bike. Yep, in the fairing on the left side, the top the top left side compartment. Did you have to move it in order to keep going? No, we we just left it there. All we did was shut it off, turn it back on you know, get the light to go out, but then it came right back after about a mile. (laughs) 
So how was the navigation on it? Or did you play with it, with that at all? I didn't use it. I don't know that this one had it. Okay. It had the screen, but I don't know if it if it had it. Navigation, okay. Yeah. Cool. The other thing that was kind of weird, so actually before I do the oddities, let me kind of give my my pros and cons, I guess. Okay. So my top three pros would be comfort, comfort, power, and the clutch. I'm going to crow about that clutch again. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I saw it was a hydraulic clutch, I was like, oh, this is going to suck. And I was pleasantly surprised. So I was very comfortable. I was pleased with the power, and I really liked that clutch. So just the overall rideability of this bike was very well done. Nice. And then my three cons, of course, would be the rev limiter, the, the kind of the, I'm just going to say all the electronics, because in, in general, you guys know how I am. I don't need any of that mess on my bike. Right. And the fact that it crops in with issues, I don't like that. And the the ignition system was kind of weird. We had we fought with that a little bit. So even once we stopped to cycle the bike, we had a hard time getting the bike turned back on. What? Which was interesting because the key it's not it's not even a key. It's just a little thing that turns. You kind of push it in and turn it. You lock it with the the fob, and then if you turn didn't turn it right, it kind of rotates completely around. It doesn't do anything. So. You'll see it on the video. We kind of fought with that for a few minutes. Eventually got it turned back on, and then away we went. So growing pains, I guess, getting to understand the bike. You know, it's not like I had days to go through the manual and get used to the controls and things like that. You know, we just showed up and went for a ride. Right. So I don't want to knock it for that. You know, things are things are what they are. There's more features. There's more functions. There's things you need to get used to. And I don't really need any of that, but what's there? So yeah, as far as ride, well done. Nice. Ride it against the competitors and and make your own choice. How is the suspension? For, yeah, rear suspension for you. Did, you. did you get a chance to test that out? Probably not, huh? On that short ride. Yeah, I couldn't really find any big bumps. I was looking for a couple to to upset it, so I didn't really find anything harsh. Yeah, you know, this was a. I will say this was maybe trying to compare it to the other two bikes. It feels a lot more like the newer Harleys, like the Milwaukee 8s, you know, with the, what do they call it, the dual bending valves and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like that. It feels very controlled. A little, maybe a not tip in the cap to the sport side. I'm not going to call it sporty at all, but, you know, maybe tip in the cap in that direction uh-huh. as opposed to just like an all-out plush touring ride. And maybe the venture is more on the touring side, but this was maybe like half a notch into the sport category, you know, versus a, a straight on touring bike. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like more time on it. That much I can tell you. I'd love to bend it through some corners and, you know, run it out of gas, and see what it's like on a long trip. Right. I'm intrigued, put it that much. I am intrigued. Wow. Okay. And what's the warranty on, on this bike? Do you know? John might have that. What did we find out, John? If you use Yamaha's oil, it's it's like ten years or something. If you use Yamaha lube, it's um, Yamaha lube. It's like it's a long warranty. Wow. So you like it, Hogan? On the surface, you like the look? Something that you, I do. You'll try I mean, and ride. Yeah, I mean it. It's 
it's really nice. I love the front end. The, the only thing I have problems with is that rear, those three rear lights on the back. But I guess if you black it out, mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit more to- tolerable to look at. But um, yeah, I would get it in an all blacked out version myself uh, with red, red uh, highlights around the rims. You know what? Red headers will be sweet on this thing. Yeah, red valve covers on this will be yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, I uh, the red one is is my jam. I would because the way it's blacked out. I'm looking at the back side of it now online with that 360 view. That's the one. If I was buying this bike, it would be that one. The blue the blue is not really my thing. Yeah, the red, huh? Yep. Yeah, okay. So cool. to answer your question, the warranty is you can get a 5-year warranty on it. Coverage. Um use Yamaha lube. It's uh, 100,000 miles for 20 years. What? Wow. We found that from KP as uh, I think it started in 2006. If you use all Yamaha products. Right. And Oil filters and parts. Filters and stuff. Now, you can do the, your own oil changes, but you have to keep records that you bought Yamaha oil. Interesting. Okay. You have to, you know, the oil change interval. Yep. That is something they did. Cool. Yeah, I like it. I really like it a lot. Yeah, you should ride it. I think, I think you would like this riding position and the the way it rides. Um, it's a little tighter than your Indian, I would say. Okay. But then again, this is more akin to a chieftain than it is a roadmaster. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll save the rest of that until we ride the venture. But I will say the handling's a little sharper than than that. Okay, yeah, were you able to hold the line? So if we were taking a corner, where you, did you have to keep readjusting, leaning more, correcting your seating position? Did you find yourself doing any of that? A little bit in the first couple of miles, but like I said, once I got used to it, it was fine. the The only thing I had trouble with is. I didn't know how far I could lean it. So when we took that big circle, Mm -hmm. I was really slow and really wide because I wasn't sure like how far over I could get this thing. Right. So it was, that was the only turn. that was like uh, a little unsure of myself. Uh But other than that, it had no problem. You pick a spot and track very nicely. Nice. Now you have to kind of like that. Look, like I said, if if you like a street glide, you like the fairing that moves with the bars, you're you're not necessarily going to like this because you tip into a corner and the fairing doesn't move; only the bars move. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you like that other style, you're you're probably not going to like the how this feels. And I like how you can adjust the the, uh, the handlebars. You know, you know the way it comes is kind of you know, assess them, but you can raise and lower those, mm-hmm. you know? So I wonder how high you can get those up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause they look like they could be like uh, a medium sized ape hangers. If you were to tilt them all the way up. Yep. And you know what? I think John and I were talking afterwards. I think the model for this bike might've been more like something from victory than it is from Harley. Cause it felt more like a Magnum to me. Really? Especially the way the, the floorboards are, are longer. Mm-hmm. I wasn't as cramped in the seat. You know, I, I was getting vibes of victory here. 
Okay. And that tank looks a little narrower too, you know, so it doesn't look like there's this huge tank in in your midsection there. Looks like you get a lot of air in that little pocket there. Yeah, it's pretty. You and the fairing. Yeah, it's a pretty long tank versus being wide. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well done. We'll ride it some more. All right. Someday. All right. Anything else you want to know? John, you good? Or are you just hammered over there from your bocce ball? <laughs> What's that? I'm just talking, so I'm just sitting here listening. All right. <laughs> Rico, you good? Yeah, I think I think that uh, kind of went over everything, I think. You think? Yeah. Well, if you think of something, let me know. All right. In the meantime, I'll take a moment here and recognize the people who continue to make our show possible by thanking the riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. That would be our first five riders, Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Zion. The Slack Pack consists of Chuck, Nobby Tire, Old Man Slacker, Sir Mike, and Squatchy Pete. <laughs> Love that name. I know. We've got Steve, Micah, Kenny, Dangerous Dave, Chad, James, and Rich, who's our newest rider. Welcome him into the clubhouse this week. Already mixing it up with the boys in there. It's been good. And rounding out the group, we have Darren and the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast are the insiders. If you're not a member of the Riders of Loud Pipes, please visit loudpipes.net forward slash donate. Take a look at the support levels we have to offer. There's also a link there for one-time donations. And anyone who sends in a one-time donation of $50 or more will also send you a t-shirt to go along with that. And at some point, I'll be able to hit the button. <laughs> there it is. Darn you turn. Well, Rico's you turning already to the previous topic. <laughs> Sorry. Backrest. No. Do you think it, you don't think you need a backrest on this thing? Oh, do I think it needs one? Uh, right. Ah, that's a tough call. I don't think I put enough miles on it to tell you that answer. Okay. All right. I'll say that the seat, the seat was very comfortable to me. Okay. So I, I had no problems with the way I was sitting. You know, again, probably only about 30 minutes in the seat. So, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know that I would want a backrest, though, the more I think about it. I need one for whatever reason. I just like to be able to lean back. Yeah. Kind of straighten up a little bit and just have that extra support. I don't know. It's it's needed. Maybe it's just my bike. Well, the problem for me, I find in... In, in highway pegs. Mm, highway pegs. Oh, I you don't need know. to kick your leg up. I don't know. Oh, okay. maybe just uh, not really a highway peg, but I would just put my feet forward, I guess, on the floorboards. Uh huh. Maybe just need a little—I don't know what you need. Just a little something to hook your foot on. Okay. So yeah. So you you feel you can put like, just stretch your legs out to the edge of the footboard and just kick your heels on the edge there and just kind of stretch them out. It's fine. Because I I know on my bike, you know, the foot pegs are, are needed to be able to stretch out to, you know, to keep, you know, to bend your knees a little bit to kind of get some blood flowing. No, I think you could, depending on your height, I think if you were, if you're like a little shorter than me, you might not even need it. Because if you look at the, the brake lever on the right side, you'll see how far off the floorboard it is. So your feet can come almost straight on the floorboards. 
So that's what I'm saying. If you did a highway peg, it wouldn't be up on the front fairing. It would just be like at the front corner of the floorboard, just a little something you could rest your heel on. Uh-huh. You wouldn't need much. All right. Yep. Lots, lots of flexibility on those floorboards, which I really liked. That's what you want. Yep. Cool. All right, two quick U-turn topics. And I'm going to reverse the order on this, but my brother Kenny bought himself a motorcycle, and he's in the clubhouse. Or clubhouse. He's on the live stream. <laughs> he's also in the clubhouse. <laughs> so he got a brand new Kawasaki Vulcan S. That's what's up. From the dealer. Yep. All licensed and ready to go. And he's going to take the MSF course in the spring and get riding. And if I can make my way up there, I'll join him for that. We'll take oh, it together. That's going to be fun. Yeah, you you should definitely do it. Yeah, we, we were talking about doing it in, in Charlotte, but I don't. That won't help him for his license, so we'll need right. to do it in Pennsylvania. Right. I mean, you already have your endorsement, so just to yeah. go through the course itself, I mean, why not? Just yeah. to get the experience of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks like I may be in Pennsylvania towards the end of March anyway, so maybe we'll get it done then. Cool. Cool, cool. So, yeah. And we've got another new rider coming. So we want to talk about Chad in the clubhouse. He took his son out recently to do the MSF basic course. and. Another purchase in the clubhouse. He's got a little Buell Blast waiting for him once he gets riding. Shit up. That's <laughs> awesome. I think I've already scored points for the, you know, for my prediction on what was it, three plus new bikes in the clubhouse. I think we already have three. Look at you. I think you had some insider information. <laughs> I'm, wor- I'm working on bonus points now for each <laughs> bike that comes out the back. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was pretty cool. I thought we would would mention those and you know, big shout out to Chad and Kenny for that. Awesome. Congrats, gents. All right. Johnny John. If you're still awake, you want to talk about your new bags? I got to see those yesterday. My new bags. Yeah, you got hard bags on the new spider. I did. So as I downsize in trunk space so I can haul your crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I uh, added the Shad bags from KM. They're technically Shad SH36s. And they're not just for KM, they are a multiple. Like a universal kit kind of thing? Yeah, universal kit, Yamaha. Uh, in fact, uh, Rickard, since we talked about it in the clubhouse, is talking about it for his MT09. On the tracer. So they're nice bags. Uh, a little difficult. I won't say difficult to install. The instructions weren't very well documented. Mm-hmm. They tell you to take off this plastic piece underneath the tape, after, underneath the back. Doesn't tell you. It says take these screws out. So I figured there's only two. No, there's about seven. Oh, geez. <laughs> no, didn't leave much information about what you had to do. And then I had drilled these two holes out, and they told me what size to drill, and it was way too big. I was able to make it work and. Got it all back together. At least the holes weren't someplace that are very visible. Right. Well, no, they're not visible at all. So. Well, they look pretty good on there, I must say. And they're kind of, I would call it like suitcase style, where you can clip them off and take them with you when you leave the bike. Yeah, they're detachable. There's a little yep. metal bracket that stays. They're, I think if I'm correct, they're 10 gallons. 10 gallons each? Yeah, so the 36 equates to 9.5 gallons. So they're supposed to be 10, you know, 9.5 gallons. 
of storage. Mm-hmm. Each bag. So 20 gallons of storage plus the front. So I got 26 gallons. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, they look nice. I was able to, uh, you know, Rico, I had to help out Rich again. You know, he comes down here for this test wreck. I give him a little crap, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> he goes, you got a jacket? No. I got a jacket. Really? You got gloves? Yeah, I got gloves. <laughs> All right. You got boots? What size you need? 11 and a half. No nope. way. Don't have those. <laughs> well, all right. So come on. I, we weren't sure we were going to be able to pull it off. We needed like four things to align to get this done. So I brought my helmet and my GoPro. Yeah, because you keep saying, well, I need to get the GoPro mount on the helmet. Yeah. So I got to thank, I got to thank Johnny John for putting the chin mount on my helmet finally. Thank you. Thank Matthew as well. Cause Matthew Williams helped me. Well, pretty much did it. All right. I want bought the stuff and All right, forget it. forget you then. Matthew, thank you. Yeah, Matthew, thank you. He did it. He hooked it up. Off balance on YouTube. It wasn't get... that bad, was it? It was Mount good. The, no, the... yeah, the video was great. But the only thing is I had it tilted down just a little too much. So you're instead of seeing the sky, you're seeing all of the bike and and most of the road, but you're just not seeing any sky. Yeah. So it was tipped down a little too much. And and the mount on the helmet wasn't that bad, right? Didn't doesn't look too bad on it. Oh, you mean when the camera's not on there? Yeah. Oh, it looks fine. Yeah, you can hardly tell unless you see it from the side. You hardly know there's anything on there. And that stuff is not. That thing is not moving. Yeah. Anytime soon. Yeah. Good job. I appreciate it. So before we jump into something, we have something from the clubhouse. Dangerous Dave wants to talk about that KTM you sat on. Oh, brother. I've well I've got I've got a Jones for performance bikes now. Go figure. And everybody in the clubhouse, you know, Rickard's been after me forever. Nobby Tire's been after me forever. To get on the Duke, or more correctly, the the Duke GT. Well, what's the full name of that? KTM Super Duke GT? Is that the name? I'll go look at it. I think that's it. So it's the big twelve ninety V-twin, 170-some horsepower, and it, it's a sport touring bike, but it's, boy, it leans real heavy on the sport side. So it, it was comfortable to sit on it, but the seat, you know, like you said, Rico, there's not a lot of padding there. I don't know how that's going to be in long ride, but right, this thing has got some trick hardware on it, which is awesome. Man, it looks sweet just sitting there. It's got, you got some information on it, too, talking to Chris from... Sporters Power Sports as well. Yeah, so it's got it's got semi-active WP suspension on it, front and rear, if I remember. It's got Brembo, I believe, if they're not M50s, they're pretty close. You know, the, the good monoblock calipers, uh, like what's on the, the front of the Modus, the R version. Nice. And yeah, it's 100, like 173, 174 horsepower, but... Um, the, at the dealer, they were saying, uh, Chris was saying they have these timing or ignition packs you can add to it. So you can get even more out of it. If you're going to do track riding with it, he didn't say how much, but he said it's significant. So do you need more than 170 horsepower? Well, yeah, of course yeah. you do. <laughs> Hello. Let's turn it all the way up. I'm going to turn it up and break the knob. <laughs> So yeah, the KTM's got three grand on the tank of this bike right now, plus another dealer incentive. So it's a twenty, 
it's almost a $21,000 bike and they're asking about 16 for it. And it's brand new. It's, this is not used. It's not a demo bike. It's just a 17. Wow. Yeah. And that's the Cotty territory right there. But I'm about 16 grand for all that. Well, 21 for a bike. Oh, 21. Yeah. Yeah. You know? All right. So, mm, Multistrada or this bike? No, Multistrada. That's an easy one. That's that's out. (laughs) That's just out. That a boy. That doesn't even make the short list. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Multi-strati bonehead. <laughs> I had to say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're just trying to make a funny clip for the start of the show. I get it. <laughs> Nailed it. Wow. So yeah, I've got to ride that one. Somehow I need to find a if anyone out there in our listener land has a, a Super Duke GT, I need to ride it. There you go. For about an hour. Yep. That would be good. That would be enough to tell me if I if I could highway it. Mm-hmm. Well, let me rephrase. So that I could do long trips with it. It wouldn't necessarily be on the highway, but if I could sit in the seat for an hour, I know I'll be good. Yeah, because the, the back, the front of that seat, uh, uh, yeah, all day, but the back, it was like pancake land. So in the picture, what you're seeing is I was sitting forward, but you could scooch back. Yeah, there's nothing to scooch back on, though. Come on. No, the seat is a lot wider back there. So? I mean, it's flat. I mean, there's nothing there to to hold you. That's a sore ride. Come on, with that much power, you're going to be wearing out your arms trying to hold on. Not only that, but your nuts are going to be flat. <laughs> no, it, it's not that bad. The tank was not that bad. I know you're, I see what you're seeing in the picture, but it wasn't that bad. No. Right. No, they they did it right. You know, Ducati should come take measurements of this and put that on the Multistrada. Huh. Cool. So did it? Well, you're just sitting in the showroom on this one, but uh, I didn't ride. It. If, yeah, you didn't. How does it feel between your legs? Nimble enough to kind of shake it back and forth? It's a, yeah, it's a pretty light bike. It's only what did we say it was, John? Five five fifty, five hundred fifty pounds. It's not. It's not a heavy bike. Hmm. At all. You give me a second, I'll look. Should I play some music while I wait? Well, yeah, that's yeah, fine. <laughs> See, he doesn't give me enough time to look at figure this out where he's going, so he just tells me. You know. Well, we weren't going to talk about it really because I didn't write it, you know, so it wasn't like it wasn't I a huge ask topic. about it, but you could share your little information about it. Now, the hard set on it, the hard thing with these though, Rico, is there's no it's 452 pounds wet. So, God, it was off by 100 pounds. Are you looking at the GT? Or is that the Super Duke? Super Duke GT. Mm. Wow. That's, that's, that's half, that's less than half the weight of your bike. Yeah. So that's still, you know, for that size bike, that's still pretty heavy. And about twice the horsepower. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> shit it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would definitely have fun on this bike, that's for sure. Well, yeah, I don't. You're not sure fun begins to describe it, but right. Yeah, for just some, add just add a couple saddle bags on the side, and away you go. 
right? Come standard with bags. Oh yeah, that's the best thing with this bike. It comes with the hard bags. They just didn't have them mounted. Ta-da! Honey, yeah, you loan me sixteen grand, right? And the windshield, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it's all clear, adjustable, it's a, it's adjustable, adjustable. Mm-hmm. Ah, up and down. Yeah. Wonder how it does in you know in the in the wind aspect, but yeah, it's a nice looking bike. I like it. I've always liked those for some reason. Yep, and I I like the trellis frame, but I also like that not all of it is exposed. Mm-hmm. So you get to see some of it there, but the rest of it's up under the front fairing. Right, it's just like it's tied to the to the tank somewhat, so it's a kind of nice nice blend. Yeah, and the power plant looks great in there. That big V twin. And the, and the more I think about it, if I'm going to get a sport touring bike, this is the bike for me because I love twins. Mm-hmm. I love the sound of a V-twin, no matter what the RPM is. So, you know what the, the red line was on this? Do you know? I don't know. To the moon, probably. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably double what the uh, looter is. Right. Or more. That's a, that's a totally different bike, though, so you can't even compare the two. I know. I'm just poking fun now. Right, right. Oh, John. I'm on your dealership's uh, website, and I see your uh, spider. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I guess. You know, the sad part is you didn't get a chance to take off your two brothers' exhaust to be able to, to switch can't. it over to your new bike. Can't. You can't? It wouldn't fit. Oh, bummer. Yeah, it's a whole different system. Oh, 1050 so red line. 1050? 10.5, sorry. Ten five. You imagine what wow. this thing sounds like at ten grand? Ooh, really? Oh, that's amazing. Mm. Mm. If I was mm. prepared, I would have a sound clip next week. Next week. Next week. But I will so, say, John. Oh, yeah, so, one more, one more uh, thing. One more thing. Okay. Okay. So anyone who is a soft tail deuce lover like me, the same dealership, uh, Sport Durst Power Sports, has an 07, just like mine, with twelve thousand six hundred miles on it, and they're asking about eight grand. Just saying. Come on, Rico. You just now you're just being a wise ass. Sorry, what what'd you say? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a heck of a deal. The bike has it's half less than half the mileage it's on mine, and they're only asking eight grand. Wow. So what are you gonna get for yours? Yeah, that would that made me sad. Yeah. See. How much do you say they're asking for, Rich? Well, it says 7,800 right now, but. It's blue, too. Yeah, two-tone, blue and silver. And then, you know, flipping through the Harley catalog, not be able to get all the nice custom parts for it. It's kind of of sad, right? Yep. Sorry. But the problem is, if I traded my deuce for this KTM, I would still need to come up with another seven or eight grand. Right. So I'm still short. You would want a bigger bike than that though huh bigger than what that ktm B- bigger than 175 horsepower you yeah, need bigger you, than that you know kind of like the uh the yamaha there you wouldn't you wouldn't just go with a cruiser or a touring type bike i don't know i don't know i, I have a jones for speed that i have to well you have the r6 have for that you have the r6 for that but that's not going to be ridden on the street though yeah it will well not a me? lot I'm not going to tour with it. Yeah, you are. You're talking about riding a barber with it. Kidding me? 
you're going to make me hunt for sound effects. <laughs> Rico. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Rico, you want to switch, buddy? <laughs> I can just... No, it'll be more like, hey, can we pull over? I need a, I need another layer. You know. I need something out of your bag. <laughs> right. Don't be like, uh, uh, guys, um, guys, what do you, you want to have lunch? Yeah. It's you like, want to stop here? It'd be like, it's 1030. Yeah, right. no, it's time for lunch. <laughs> it's a great barbecue place. I just saw off this exit here. <laughs> oh, I need a cup of coffee. Mm. Right. You guys thirsty? Anyone need a smoke? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh man, I'm out of gas. I don't think I got enough in it at the last stop. <laughs> We've only gone 10 miles. Oh, yeah, I know. That's what I'll do. Every time we stop for gas, I'll only put a gallon in it. Oh, there you go. All right. I want to ask John some questions because, you know, he's got his new uh, spider. And I just want to, you know, pick your brain a little bit. Okay. So uh, how many miles have you put on your new Spidey? Almost a thousand miles. Are you liking a lot better than your old one? Yes, I am. Nice. Uh, how so? I mean, what Sound, sounds good too. Sounds good. Uh, riding good. You know, yeah, seating ride. position. Yeah, it's better in seating position. The seats are more. The engine has more power. It's more, you know, since it's inline triple, it just has more power. Uh huh. Um, like the fact that I can get bags for it. Right. Um, don't when I go to the gas stop, I don't have to pick up the bottom. I don't have to go up, take the lift the seat up, seat up, yeah, because it's technically on top. Yeah, that was a huge pain with the old one. Yeah, I mean, that's like, why did they do that? But okay, so where's the where's the gas go now? Like where the motorcycle up on top. Really? Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Let me think. the 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 handling is different. So much different. It's more feels more responsive. Really. Yeah, and that kind of surprised me. And they found out on the test ride last year when I did on it that I wouldn't think the steering would be as nimble. That it wouldn't, like, the old one was more like a sport bike. So I figured that would be better because you're kind of getting the turns more aggressive. This one, I ain't getting turns this aggressive or more. Wow. Um, Even with your legs out the way they are. Uh Uh-huh. Well, now, Rico, I had a suggestion, and I need your opinion on this one. Hang on before you say that. Okay. You have to look where my legs were, because I did realize after you told me that, there's certain times that I stretch my leg fully out, and I rest the bottom of my foot, my heel, all the way extended out. Uh-huh. If I don't do that, my legs are bent. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't remember. It, it seemed like your feet were on the pegs, but yeah, you could you could be right. They were. They were bent okay I, on the I, old I, one. no no, no this one so, so i mean where we're going with this rich throughout yesterday said i need to move my foot pegs because the pegs can actually move back right it seemed like he's his legs were too far extended like he had no extra reach you know his legs were completely straight just touching the pegs and since you only break the spider with the foot the foot break you know, I was thinking that you're not leaving any extra to reach out for the brake because you're already fully extended. That was my only concern. And if you were just stretching, then that's what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Because I move around my legs 
more because I can, you know, put my feet, bottom of my feet on the pegs. I could go all the way out and have my heels rest on the on the pegs, and then that makes them full more st- extended. Mm-hmm. So I think so that's this, th- this is a more comfortable K&M to ride then. Yes. Yep, and I have done form upgrades to it. So I added a front on top of the handlebars. I got a USB cigarette, well, USB cigarette adapter, um, female, and a ram mount on the on the tree on top with mm-hmm. the wash mount. And then I added a Madstrat windshield. That's what I had on the old Spider. I was looking at. Going with a KM product, but I decided again I decided to go with the match drop because it's adjustable um tilt and up and down to just like the I had on the old one. Okay. Plus you got those little those side blades too. Yep, it comes with these two little side blades for wind deflectors on the side. Nice. So, now yeah. what about visibility at night? Are these headlights differ different than the other ones? So, on the old one. mm-hmm. They're different, and stock ones were better than the old bike because the old one I couldn't see, and the old one had fog lamps on them. So if I turned the fog lamps off, I couldn't see. The new one, when I got it stock, it was pretty bright. I could see, but I that was another mod I did. I Before I got rid of the old bike, I actually was going to put LED headlights in the old one, and I... Return those and got LED headlights for the new one. And oh my goodness, it is bright. Nice. I'm not sure if you noticed that, Rich, at all. Or... I did notice how much, I did notice they were LED style, but in the mirrors of that eluder, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't bothersome. That's good. You know what I mean? I could see that they were LED, but it didn't bother me. Yep. And then the fourth upgrade is the bags that I did. So I'm all done pretty much modding it. Things ready to go. Now it's time for miles. Time for miles. Miles and smiles. So you're not going to put a, an exhaust on this, though? Not right care. now. Okay. Um, the I'm debating about what I'm going to do. Because, I mean, it does sound really good at stock. I mean, Rich okay. does. Yeah. And the exhaust looks really good. I mean, they did a really good job with the stock look of it and the sound. So okay. the yeah, option nice that sound. I can do is... I know I have big on two brothers. I don't like two brothers um, exhaust for it because it is not the sound, but it's aluminum or it's chrome, titanium. Let me look that up. Oh, yeah. I think you said there's not, there's not a dark carbon version for that bike. Yeah. Um, and it's not the fact that I want carbon fiber. and It's not that. It's just that that section is black. Right. You don't want a bright looking pipe where everything else there is black. That that's where I'm going with the the issue. Yeah. So the only one they have is a stainless steel. Hmm. Mm. Yep. Yep. Are the wheels wider on this bike, or are these the same? Nope. Same everything. It might look wider, but same dimension. Okay. And then um, they do make a uh, a mid pipe that will replace the cat in the middle. Because there's a catalytic converter that you could replace the mid pipe and it does something pretty good. But then I have read more details. I will lose torque on it. Mm, I don't do that. So that's where I'm kind of like, mm. Yep. 
I'm kind of with you, John. Just leave it for now. It, it sounds really nice with the stock exhaust. It it's loud enough you can hear it. It's not super quiet. And it has a, it makes a pleasant tone. So if you're enjoying it, ride it. Yeah. Right. You're gonna need the money for gas. <laughs> what's the miles per gallon on this thing and do you have a smaller tank no i have a larger tank it's what? a seven gallon tank seven gallons the mileage is up in the air still i've read i'm supposed to get up to mid-30s maybe closer to 40s but i haven't gotten that yet yeah okay all right time will tell yeah, and it also has an equal mode, equal to economy mode to help tell me when to shift. And also, with the S, you can turn off the traction control in the back. Oh, look at you. Yeah, I, I haven't Drifters done this. extraordinaire. But time for burnout. <laughs> it's time with some video footage now. Yeah, 7.1 gallon tank. And a gallon, uh, 1.2 gallon reserve on that bike. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I hit the, uh, what day? Oh, it was, um, when Rich was up here, I went up to the gas station. I think I put six point, six, almost 6.1 gallons in there. I think I put in it. Cool. And that thing dry weight is almost 900 pounds. Interesting. Yeah. I put six gallons. Six gallons. That's going to hurt him in a drag race. Yeah, a little bit. We'll see. Uh, let's see. You got anything else, Rico? I, I think that's it, fellas. You know, that's all I got. All right, John, you good? Before, uh, yeah. Well, before we talk about events, I believe, well, we have some we have some scheduling challenges coming up the next couple of weeks. I have travel. John will be away. Rico's moving around. But I believe the next episode, or certainly the one after that, will be the next iteration of our new and returning rider series, and we'll be focusing on the bikes. So if you have suggestions or particular bike that you started on that you want to send in, you know, get that to us in the next week or so, because I think that'll be either the next, that'll either be episode 118 or 19, um, as we're kind of setting this up. So get your research on Hogan. The other thing that we got to talk about. Yeah. Real quick, I get a mention. Not sure if you're getting there. The motorcycle podcast challenge for 2018 is officially open. I saw you did that. Very nice job. So sign up page is up. Everybody go out to motorcycle podcast challenge.com. Hit the rules, read the rules over it. You'll see what's changed and sign up. So we have a, uh, so far, the Motorcycle Men podcast is the only podcast that has officially signed up. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. And they already have... Um, full team, right? Full team. So, Ted, wow. Tim, and Chris have all signed up. They have two listeners, Chad and Chad, that supports us as well. Is signed up with them, and our first female rider of the podcast challenge, Jenny, has joined. Oh, nice! Oh, Chad yeah. and the wife are going to ride. Very nice. Yep. And then we got uh, 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 Mr. Roger, who signed up. And who's he riding for? Himself, right now. 
himself right now. Yeah. I'll get the sign up done and then. Well, we, we got to work on your thing. So, All and right. then um, Chris and Aaron have signed up for creative writing. So, Larry, you need to sign up for everybody. Yeah, you need to get the, the core team in there. <laughs> yeah, I get the core team, buddy. So, and, yeah. And Kenny signed up for us as well, oh, didn't he? Yeah, Kenny did. And Jevy. Yep. Sorry. So, I forgot about those two guys. Sorry, guys. Awesome. Thanks, guys. We got to keep that trophy here. Here in comfy Charlotte studio. I'm really happy to see Kenny join. Yeah, that'll be fun. And the the challenge is going to be over be right before our meetup, correct? It is. The way the dates are falling? It is. Very nice. You want to talk about the events, and then I'll shut it down? Sure. We find that note. So give me a second. I got to go find the notes. February 18th through 21st, next weekend. Your Moto Mino ride to Key West, and John says he's going to bag a Saddle Sore 1000. Wow. We are. So that's been arranged, all signed up. Yep. Second so, annual, while you're getting connected, second annual con- congregation show, April 14th. We'll be over there. Yep. We got the second annual East Coast meetup for Moto Mino, which is June 9th at Wake Forest at Capital Power Sport. That's where KP Motor Works, and we have officially got a food truck that's going to be there. Nice. Co-worker of my sister, uh, a co-worker that I work with, sister, runs a full food truck I found. It's um, Eat Home Style. Yeah. And it's uh, fried chicken, fried fish, fried pork chops. You're good with comfort food. Very nice. Gotta have food. Oh, yeah. And then we're going to have the first annual Loud pipes meet up, I guess, as we're going to call it session one. Hold on, let's fix this. So the motorcycle podcasters challenge will come first. Yes. Sorry. Then the meetup. All right. So let me go back. So then we got the third annual motorcycle podcast challenge starts on June 21st and it runs through July 11th. Then we're going to have the first annual loud pipes meetup session one. <laughs> session one. July 13th and 14th. Well, 13th, 14th. Yeah. And we're going to go to Gettysburg, PA. We're going to attend, I think, the uh, Friday day event of the Gettysburg Bike Week. Yeah, Friday or Saturday. There's some other things. Um, Dangerous Dave was telling us that Cycle Source is doing a, a ride and thing event on Friday. So that might be something cool to join as opposed to Saturday. But we've got options. We'll be there both days doing something. Right. And then the we will hit the... Session two of the Loud Pipes Meetup, which is going to be held at the 14th Annual Vintage Festival. Okay. That's October 5th through the 7th. And? I didn't say the name. What name? Yeah. What name? Yeah. The name that Chink goes with. And what are what are you doing after the Vintage Festival? So, so the plan is Mr. Rogers is going to come all the way down from Oregon. And uh, he's uh, going to come, hang out with us, and then him and I are going to head west. And the plan is, is we're going to hit AIM. You're going to get a bun burner, fifteen hundred? No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. We're going to keep it pretty mild. We're going to make some stops, some um, range. My plan is, is to meet up with other members, supporters of Love Pipes. I didn't know if it, you were going to be like the fashionista once you get your 
your first one, you just keep right on trucking. Uh, maybe next year. Maybe next year. There's a lot this year. Maybe next year. All right. We got to check in with Deb. We got to get her back, get an update. We do. We do. And then also talking, it sounds like uh, Mr. Oh, well, hi. Hey, that's interesting. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Looking at the, looking at the uh, chat there. Um, Bacon might be joining us in Gaysburg. That's, that's Bronco. Bronco Ride. No, no. Give me a second. Where did you see Bacon? Trust me. I have talked to Bacon. Oh, you've talked to Bacon? I have talked to Bacon. You've talked to Bacon and his bits? I have. So Bacon's thinking about maybe going up with us. It looks like Bronco's going to come with us. That'd be really cool, Bronco. That'd be fun. So that's our events. A lot going on. A lot. Make it happen. Well, thanks, John. Thanks, Rico. And I would like to, again, thank the Riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. And if you feel the show is providing some value to you and you would like to return some of that, you can visit loudpipes.net slash donate. We do the show Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern as often as we can, except not this week and probably not for the next two weeks. (laughs) And when we do go live, you can join us at loudpipes.net forward slash live. There's a chat component there. You can interact with us and other riders during the show. Follow us on the Mixler app, and you'll be notified when we go live, especially with these changing events. If you can't support our show monetarily, we understand. We just ask that you head over to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcast from, leave us a rating or a review. It does help us to reach other riders and puts a little fuel in our tank as well. And I will say, I was looking at the stats. I don't, I don't do that too often because we don't, we don't pull ads or anything, so it doesn't matter too much. But Google Play Music is picking up on the listener side. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, additional information from this episode, including links and images, can be found on our website, loudpipes.net slash 117. We'll have find links here to leave us feedback, subscribe to the show, and follow us on social media. Brother Hogan. Yeah, yeah. Kickstands up. Let's do this, Brutus. All right, Johnny John. Everyone right safe. Enjoy that bocce ball. Oh. <laughs>you for listening please consider supporting the show we offer generous rewards for your contribution find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate